0: This is a lawful stupid RPG production.
1: Hail and well met and welcome to Echoes of Corin: Dragons of the Hidden Flood, a 5th edition D&D actual play podcast set in the world of Dragonlance, and presented by Lawful Stupid RPG. Thank you for joining us. If you're a fan of what we do and would like to buy us a cup of coffee to show your appreciation, we would love to take you up on it. Visit www.ko-fi.com/lawfulstupidRPG to show your support. Lawful Stupid is grateful to have the support of Kraken Dice. Visit their online store and check out their latest premium dice sets at www.krakendice.com. Using the code LAWFULSTUPIDRPG, all one word, at checkout will give you 15% off your entire purchase. And now, it is time for our players to present themselves.
2: Hello, I am Jade, and I am the founder of Lawful Stupid RPG, and I am playing Farin, the dwarven cleric of Shidare.
3: Hi, I'm Panda. I'm a Twitch streamer, and I play Teely Tumblewood,
4: the kender bard.
5: Hi friends, my name is Samus, I am an opera singer, and I play Onweir, the human rogue and fallen solemnic knight.
6: Hi, I'm Chale. I'm not an opera singer, I'm a D&D super nerd, and I play Bleep, the gully dwarf barbarian, Habope.
7: Hello, I'm Chops, I am a paranormal investigator. And today I'm playing Lassa, the half elven wizard.
0: Hiya! I'm Lindsay Rousseau, and I am a voiceover actor, host, and D&D Twitch streamer. And I am playing Monto Bubolina, the human fighter who resides in Ergoth.
1: And I'm Medium. I'm here to guide and to follow. Now, I invite you to step with us into fantasy. And for our time together, let imagination rule. Last time, as the adventurers explored the ruined conservatory, they discovered a giant, incomplete floor painting depicting the destruction of Tuscanville during the Cataclysm. A ghostly artist entreated the party for aid, but became enraged when Tulian and Jarvan tried to leave. As it revealed its horrifying visage, it began to seal off the room, forcing the adventurers into combat. The fighting continues as they desperately look for a way to escape. I will continue
5: to attack the wall.
1: All right. Make a roll. An 18? 18 does hit.
5: I don't... I imagine I don't get sneak attack on this, so just... uh,
1: It does not have a discernible anatomy. (laughs) Seven damage. Seven damage. Very good. Tealy?
3: So just to check...
1: So Tulian and Jarvan have moved out of view and the wall is blocking off right in front of where Farron is.
3: Okay, so they made it through before it got blocked off. Yes. Right, I see, I see. I will now shift my focus from the ghost to the wall also. I will actually charge upwards next to Farron and begin beating on the wall with my stunt end of my (laughs) hoop
1: All right, make an attack roll.
3: That's a d12. Why am I rolling that? Um, and that is a, star would be a 15.
1: 15 does not hit. Rather it does, but you do not hit it hard enough to do any damage to it as pieces of the wall take a place of what it is that you have knocked away faster than you can knock it away.
0: Stop building.
1: <laughs> right. Bringing us to Manto.
0: Okay, so I am going to do something interesting. Seeing that I am not able to get any paint out of these pots, I am going to slice my arm. Okay. And let the blood drip into the pots and take the paintbrush and paint with the blood.
1: All right, red blood falls upon the, did you say one of the pots or the artist's palette?
0: Since I'm not mixing color, I'm gonna dip it straight into the pot, yeah.
1: Into the pot, all right. So the blood falls into the pot and as it does, you see it begin to turn to mist. As it pours from your hand into the pot, it just disappears. As it does, you look down and see the artist's palette, a wad of red paint appearing. Great. And I'm going to start painting. All right. Brings us to Tulian, Haxos, and Jarvan, who continue to run. Farron?
2: I will try to destroy parts of the wall with my great club. Okay. Da-da-da-da. Oh, my God. That's an 11.
1: All right. That is a miss.
2: Ugh. I can't use this damn weapon. And I'll throw this great club on the floor. And that's done. All right. Blip.
6: I am still on the ground, sobbing into poor dinner.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The pain from this arthritis and this effect of seeing this horrible thing is beginning to fade along with your fear. Make a wisdom saving throw. Let me double check here. I, I think... Yeah, no, you're still under the effects, but it is no longer in view, so...
6: I do really well on the first roll. It's the second roll that gets me. That's a one.
1: <laughs> a one. You're still frightened, but you don't have to worry about any of the effects because the ghost is not in view at the moment. Brings us to Lhasa. Lhasa, the sensation that you have had for a few brief moments this pain, this sensation of having your life drained, having your senses dulled, having everything about you fundamentally altered by fear, it's beginning to lift and dissipate. You feel yourself slowly returning to the way you were just a few moments ago.
7: As the spirit is no longer in view, can I see Manto going about this repainting? Yes. Knowing that Jarvan is trapped somewhere on the other side, I need to get to him, but the spirit is nowhere to be found, so completing this must be the fastest way. I begin to rummage through my packs and find a few of those mushrooms, which produced a blue pigment, as I recall. They did. And I'm going to try to produce some of this pigment.
1: All right. How do you do this? Do you... You saw Manto appear to put blood into one of these jars.
7: Yes, putting it into the jar. So I think uh, the best course would be to squeeze these mushrooms over the jars in the hopes that it will have the same effect. All right. You do so, and as the blue pigment drips from the mushroom into the
1: jar, it also begins to swirl with a mist as before it hits the bottom of the jar, it disappears, and you see a blue dollop of a paint-like substance begin to appear on the palette that Manto is using. As you do so, you see that as Manto moves his arm across the floor, sweeping back and forth with the brush, dipping it in the paint and then putting it onto the floor, far more of the picture is taking form than would normally be capable of one person painting. It's as if the colors and the picture are bleeding through the stone. First, all you can see are the red colors, outlines of buildings, of fire, of people, and then blues and purples begin to appear as if simply the act of moving the brush over this area is having an effect completing this painting. Now, red and blue
7: colors are being used. Teely, Teely, something green, please, quickly.
4: Uh, grass. Grass, leaves, trees. Um. <laughs>
0: uh.
4: What else is green? Uh. Part of my skirt. Um.
7: No, I. I need you to bring me something green, please.
3: Oh. Oh. Uh, if I'm able to, whether now or on my next turn, I will bring him something of my from my pouches that is green.
1: Right. We are going to end combat there, as there are no visible enemies. And the wall completes at the end of this round as the final pieces fall into place, forming an impenetrable barrier, or at least a barrier that appears to be impenetrable. You can see that it has been formed of bits and pieces of furniture, of wood and canvas and little bits of stone and some glass, but every single possible crack and cranny has been filled and it is standing there as solid as the rubble that has buried the conservatory itself. As you take a few breaths, Lhasa and Blip, you can feel the effects of the horrible visage fading away. For your companions, there was a brief moment as you looked at them that you could see that something horribly wrong had happened, especially in Blip. Her hair had gone white, her cheeks sunken, her teeth yellowed and cracked, and her hands had become crone-like. But you shake your heads and blink your eyes, and you look down and you see Blip as she was when you first met her, still sobbing into her pet pig. What do you do?
6: As I'm starting to feel better, I'll stand up and brush the tears away from my face and run my arm underneath my nose, smearing snot and mucus all down the side of my face. And I'll look around for Manto. Whenever I see him, I will run up towards him. Okay, so...
3: While I'm reaching... Lifting up one of the layers of my skirt, rummaging in my pouches to then pull out something green. I just did that. Ghost,
4: make you guys, Age and Farron? did you? What? Did,
3: what was with that? What was that? And she mimics the hand movements that he
2: was doing. I told you I was a cleric girl.
3: But I
4: thought that was like you are, uh, you were uh, like uh, you, you, you helping uh, heal. That's that's that was like. Pew, pew,
7: pew. Yes, I I find the same questions come to mind. You, I, I I thought it was simply healing that the gods offered.
2: Well, you need to remember, it's been a few hundred years. There's a lot I'm learning as well. So, protect, heal, and sometimes blast. <laughs>
4: Okay, one day you are going to teach me this and we are going to be, like, blasting everything, healing everything, and we're just going to have a great time.
2: Oh, I'd love to. Are you interested in becoming a cleric?
4: I'm more interested in magic.
2: Well, that will be the half-elf thing, then.
4: Yeah, that was cool, too. You were like,
7: pew, 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 pew. Well, yes, but, but think if you're fascinated by it. By magic, we could sit down and we could go through the books together. We could perform a study on, on, on Ferron's magics, and we could come to understand how the gods
0: And I yell out, This is not the time for this conversation.
2: Oh well we seem pretty stuck here while you're playing painting. Y-
7: yes, did did you find um that that, that uh, item I had asked for? Something something green.
3: I I I, I have something green? And I pull out uh, one of these small vials from earlier that is somewhat green in shade
2: The Gully Dwarf has something green as well but you'll have to try and get it out of her hair
6: (laughs) You just hear me sobbing in the background
1: As you all stand looking down at the painting that is taking shape here you can see that it has stopped bleeding through. There's no more apparent change. No more red. No more blue. No more purples. But yellow appears on the palette. You all turn around and see Anweir stepping forward with an empty jar and refastening his uh, his trousers.
5: That was a twenty-one on stealth. I was hoping I wouldn't have to make that a show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Apparently, Anweir found a source of yellow that the DM wasn't considering. But hey, there it is. A yellow <laughs> pile of paint has appeared on the palette, and you now see yellow beginning to form and greens and oranges beginning to take their place on the picture.
0: Well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> oh, that's quite potent, actually
5: desperate times, Tilly.
0: I am just continuing to paint furiously.
1: After a few moments, Manto, the painting ceases to appear. You could see many of the colors, but a few details still not present. In the middle of the room, the spirit once again appears, holds out its hands pleadingly. Mercy. I
3: throw a rock at her face. She's like.
1: (laughs) It passes through, it lands on the other side.
0: Am I able to identify what colors it seems to be missing?
1: Make an intelligence check, I would say.
0: Oh, that's a very good check. Uh, 17.
1: Very close to being complete. Source of black, source of white.
0: Ah, okay.
5: Has anyone tried
7: non-liquid materials? No, but but you, you bring up a very interesting point. I I curious how do these work? How do these pots work? I mean, really, and the palette and uh, solid things. Um, charcoal. Um, w- please, please, one of the pots, please, and uh, I'll begin to shave down my charcoal into shavings into the pot. All right.
0: Does it appear on my palette?
1: Just the shavings. You are able to shave off bits and pieces of this charcoal and it lands in the pot and you just have now a pot full of charcoal shavings. Hmm.
0: Spit in it. Spit in it.
7: Uh, uh, oh, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> he said spit, not dribble. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe you're better at this than I am. No, uh, blip. Spit in this, please.
4: us, uh, spit. <laughs> Her snot might work.
7: Yeah, try not to get it on my hands,
6: please. <laughs> I take a deep, deep breath in. And you can just... You. <laughs> and just... And this large, slimy, green and brown wad of goo just exits my mouth and <laughs> ends.
7: Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> right. That's not gonna help. It does. And
1: it combines with the black shavings and does, I must admit, create a dark liquid which will suffice for the conditions of this and creates black paint upon the palette. You could see more details fitting in this painting. You can now see that Several of the buildings have been completed, and there is a group of figures here at the very corner, with their arms stretched out, reaching towards
7: the skeleton. I, I will ask the spirit for some forgiveness and take um, perhaps the pinky, and try to powderize it between a couple of rocks.
1: You take some of the bone of this creature, this long dead skeleton. It's not precisely white bone. It hasn't been bleached by the sun.
7: You hope that it will be enough. You create some powdered bone. Um, I need something to to mix this with. a
6: uh, spit more?
7: No, Blip. You can stay over there.
6: I, I spit more! And I'm already drawn in a breath. Uh, uh,
7: no, no, no. no.
6: Uh, ho- ho- hold on, I I help. <sniffs> Does anyone have a water
0: pouch or anything? Not here, sir. I uh,
4: I do. I found it earlier. Um, it was lying near um, what's that? That guy who takes care of Jarvin.
7: <laughs> no, you don't mean Tuli, do you?
4: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I found it near him.
3: I don't know how he didn't see it there. I reach and pull out, very clearly, (laughs) Tulian's water skin and begin pouring the water
0: in. Quickly, mix it.
1: Unfortunately, the water mixes with the bone fragments, which don't have the same sort of dissolving capability as the charcoal did. And this will not suffice as white paint. (sighs) Darn.
3: Is there any chalk on the walls or any like any kind of chalk?
1: Make a, a perception or investigation check. Oh, I don't think that's very good.
3: Uh, that's a nine for perception.
1: You don't see any chalk.
6: Are there any bats in here?
1: Um, you have not seen anything living other than the dachshund-like rats.
4: The rat puppies.
2: I'm just laying against the wall, kicking my legs. We're going to die here, aren't we?
0: We are so close.
5: Teely, check your pouches.
3: I will do just that. And I begin searching my pouches for something white and dissolvable.
1: <laughs> so you are rolling your kender ace. Please roll 1d6, Teeley. I will
3: indeed. Ooh. A
1: six. You are able to find one item of your choice from the tools table in the player's handbook. The item must cost no more than 10 gold pieces.
3: I know that there are paint supplies in tools. Yeah. So could I just find white paint? (laughs) You know what, for the the sake of it, can I just find a full paint kit? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah,
3: I have the entire paint set of every color of the rainbow.
1: Yeah.
5: That's amazing. <laughs>
0: just a full palette <laughs> this whole time.
5: That's amazing.
0: Tealy just comes out with a whole paint set and I'm just like, really? Manto's bleeding over here. <laughs> I just pull it out, just a bunch
3: of paints. I'm like, red comes out first, then green, then then purple, then pink, then orange. And then after all these colors, I finally get to white and I pull it out. Oh, uh, uh,
0: will this work?
1: You all stand looking at this array of paints.
0: I just look at her.
4: We can mix it with the water.
0: You could have mentioned you had that before. Yes, I will take the paint
1: <laughs> Mantu, you take the white paint that Teeley has provided
7: uh, Teely? Yes, Lhasa? T- tell me, is, is, have you had that this, this whole time?
4: Oh yeah, of course I never leave anywhere without my trusty paint set <laughs> Who knows when you're going to do
0: some art Like right now Right now is when we would do some art
2: <laughs>
5: Thus Teeley was murdered
3: <laughs> <laughs> We're eating kender for dinner
2: Farron is now laying down doing
1: starfishes. Just just a flabbergasted look.
0: I am going to complete the painting with this white paint.
1: Indeed, as the white paint takes its place upon the canvas of the floor, the paint completes and you see two individuals take shape. A man, middle-aged, beard, hair plastered against their face, having just emerged from the deluge of this tsunami. Next to him is a young girl, her arms outstretched, her eyes vibrantly green, reaching towards the skeletal form that is on the floor. With a final flick of the brush, painting is completed. And there is a sigh from the middle of the room as you see the spirit begin to fade. Mercy. And as she fades, the wall blocking the steps... ...collapses.
0: Tullian and the prince, are they gone?
1: You do not see them.
0: Okay, great. Now I will turn to my compatriots. I told you, all we needed to do was finish the painting. We could have done this so easily... But the arrogant Tulian needed to make a mess for all of us.
5: We must find them.
4: On the plus side, we found out that you're an incredible artist, Mantel.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Does anyone have anything I can use to wrap my very, very badly bleeding arm? B- bl- I I do. Blip Blip does.
6: I'll rip a corner off my towel skirt and run up to Manto and hand it to him. Thank you so much, Blip. Thank you. Blip, Blip, help.
2: Uh, uh, Oh, no. no. Blip, help, give disease. (sighs) Let me have a look.
6: Blip
0: gave, gave towel. What? Blip, Blip, help. Manto appreciates Blip, help. I will take the towel and I am going to tuck it in a pocket. blip. good luck. Uh, oh, that, that's what this for. Look, I will hold my arm out for Farron to look at.
1: I will bind her wounds. All right, make a medicine check.
2: 14 plus three, 17.
1: So Manto was able to draw a great deal of blood. But having been around a lot of blood, both you and Manto, you know that sometimes what seems like a lot of blood to us as we watch pouring out really isn't that much in the grand scheme of things. It
0: was just a flesh wound.
1: Your arms off!
3: <laughs> Come
1: back and I bite your ankles off. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: just a flesh wound.
1: Now it's a DD game. Alright. Now that the wall of debris has fallen. You can see a short hallway beyond, and a staircase leading up into darkness, where Tullian and Jarvan have fled.
4: You know, Lhasa, with those two gone, we could always go back to that hall of parchment.
0: This is true.
7: We still have a duty. Look, I know there is plenty to look at and many things to discuss, but the prince must not be left alone. I don't know the state of these things and my master was very clear that things will go poorly we must catch up and with that I proceed down the hallway quickly leaving a trail of dust behind me
5: I will follow you
7: immediately I will follow
2: behind Anwe. it seems like wisdom's catching up on that boy we
3: I follow behind but I'm keeping an eye out for anything that might be of interest as we Try and look for the others. I'm not too interested in looking out for the prince. We've got people on that.
0: <laughs> I will be taking up the rear because I'm very mad about this whole situation now. And I'm much more interested in the history
1: of my people. All right. Make a perception check, teely as you're looking around.
6: I'm going to be riding dinner from here on out.
1: <laughs> All right. You and dinner trot up the stairs. 17. 17. You don't see anything of note. There are a few places where the stairs have become slightly broken, a little choked with rubble. And of course, there's lots and lots of dust. As such, despite not looking for them, you can easily see the footprints left by the prince and his guard. There is one switchback on this staircase, and all told, you travel upwards about 40 feet following these stairs. At the top of the staircase, you reach a wide but very cramped space. The ground here is made of stone and is made up of dozens and dozens of shallow gullies and depressions uh, rippling around from where you emerge from the stairs, sort of like the shell of a giant walnut or like a truffle or like the topography is dried up riverbed around the entire area where you come up. And by the light of your torch, you can see that the terrain has a curve that drops off very steeply just at the edge of your vision. You realize that the cavern where you were just at wasn't actually a cavern at all or or wasn't like a cave, but is actually more like a giant cavity or a bubble as if there was some power that kept the devastation of the cataclysm from completely crushing the ruined conservatory. And so you're now seeing the roof of the actual cavern. So there's a cavern, a very large cavern, in which there was this bubble in which there was the ruined conservatory. And you're now in the space between the outside of the bubble and the top of the cavern. There's very little space. You can see it's just only about four feet or so. As you go forward, you're going to have to navigate through some of these cramped spaces, some places that are very low indeed, and you'll have to crawl on your hands and knees. Unless, for those of you, like Teely and Blip and Dinner who are short enough, they'll be able to move through without any trouble. What do you do?
7: Seeing really no signs of any other way they, they may have gone, I, I suppose I'm going to head this way. I'll hold the torch ahead of me as I drop to my knees and begin to try to push my way through this very small gap
3: I stride ahead
1: Those of you who are crawling are of course moving at half speed Tealy and Blip and Dinner you are not constrained and you don't have to go single file this area up here is wide enough that you can move in virtually any direction you want
2: I look for some tracks for where they may have gone
1: The tracks are very visible. The dust and rubble up here is uh, disturbed where they have moved. You can follow it easily, just awkwardly. After a few moments of scrabbling ahead, you can see that there is a cleft in the rubble and it dips down into, you you can't really see what. It has an opening, a abscess that you're coming upon that you will either have to go into or around. Where did the tracks go?
7: They appear to have gone into. Then there's no question of where I would head. Straight into it. I. I don't suppose any of you brought a rope. Not to a theater, Lhasa. No.
2: <laughs> I couldn't fit it in my toga.
7: No, I'd, I didn't think so. But uh, this is quite a steep decline. I but I suppose there's nothing for it and I'll just do my best to climb down the side of this wait a
2: minute I'll turn around Tealy Tumblewood I don't suppose you have a rope
3: I will have to check my kenda pouches because I don't actually have any in my inventory (laughs) so there's a d6 oh how many times can I use it a day
1: According to Unearthed Arcana, it's something that you get the ability to do at third level. So we will say that you used your paints as a taste of what is to come. You got a free kender ace because the DM didn't look at the fine print closely enough. But yeah, you don't get that till third level.
3: Okay, no worries. Um, okay. I reach around my skirt feeling in my pockets and I, I, uh, I don't really have rope.
7: She has paint, but no rope.
4: Why would I need rope?
7: Well, that's, that's all well and good, but do you have any other ideas on how to get down, then? Or will I...
1: How far down is it? About 40 feet,
7: you think.
4: I have an idea. Yes. You guys use your magic powers. Shrink down, get really small, right? I have some string and a jar. I could put the tiny U in the jar, uh, fasten it shut, and then gently lower the, the the string down. Problem is, once you get down there, how are you gonna get out the jar? I should've thought this through.
2: We could just throw the Kenda down there.
7: It's a wonderful thought, and I'll ask that you hold on to it as I proceed to just go down the side of this thing.
1: <laughs> okay. Please make an athletics check as you begin to climb down.
2: I will follow.
6: I will also attempt to climb down.
5: All
1: right, athletics checks from everybody who's climbing down.
5: Is mine at disadvantage climbing as we discussed with one arm? Yeah, it sure is.
2: Oh, all right. Ooh, my first natural 20 of the campaign.
1: As you all see one by one you have your difficulties or not in the case of Farron with a natural 20 my goodness what did you roll Lhasa? 4 <laughs> it's a good night <laughs> okay we will we will do with that in a moment
0: yes i also
6: have
1: a 4 okay wait a minute don't feel so bad cuz i got a straight up 0
6: i got a 14
1: blip okay you and dinner <laughs> Basically slide down, but you manage to avoid anything that will do any harm. teely
3: Once everyone's down there, I sigh and begin to refeel, and I'm like, oh. And I pull out a 50-foot silk rope that I had found near at blip earlier.
5: <laughs> oh my god.
3: And I look at it look down in the hole and just begin tying the silk rope to something and lowering myself down gently. <laughs>
5: now I'm not even mad at Teely. Now I'm like straight up mad at Panda.
3: <laughs> all right, listen, all of you Bombie has a rope, okay? I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> Mm-mm. We don't have any of our
3: supplies. <laughs> no, so.
7: none of us have the things.
0: Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say, same.
7: I mean, sure, in theory, I do have a rope. Do I have my backpack? Probably not.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I probably grabbed Blips while we were leaving the dungeon. I was like, ooh, that's pretty. Road.
1: Farron, your strong dwarven hands and limbs are able to navigate down the sides of this pit without too much difficulty. Blip, you and dinner make it down more or less intact with only a few scrapes. Your pig is surprisingly agile. <laughs> you look up and see the rest of your party struggling to find a way down. And then teely gently lowering herself down on her rope, which oh my God. causes everyone to glower at her. Just as they're about to start berating her, you watch as Anweir's foothold comes loose. He hangs there for a moment by his one hand and then tumbles down into Manto, who also loses his footing, and then the two of them crash into Lhasa, who also comes free. You all tumble the rest of the way down, causing a small rock slide that sweeps up Tealy as well, pulling the rope free from where it was secured and depositing you all in a heap at the bottom of this pit. Lhasa, you take four points of bludgeoning damage. Anwar, you take five points. Manto, you take two. And Tilly, you also take two. As this all crumbles down with a massive grinding crunch, you see Tulian and Jarvan come running around the corner of this room that you have fallen into as they look up and he says, Ah, that that was, this just leads back to where we were. And now, and now we cannot get back up. But I am, uh, I am relieved to see that you, Survived. How did you deal with that horrible spirit thing?
0: I walk right up to Tulian and shove my sword right up under his neck and get very close to his face. Tell me why I should not slit your throat right now. You put the prince's lives and all our lives in danger with your arrogance.
1: He looks down at the blade and looks at you and his eyes narrow, make a Intimidation check, please, Manto.
0: Okay. Ooh, that is a nat 20, which is plus two, so whatever, yeah.
1: He swallows hard. You see his hand going for his sword that he stops and drops it, and he says, I was doing the duty that I have sworn to do my entire life. I'm sorry. Truly. Um, and I don't care to admit it, but I will. I was absolutely petrified of that thing. I had to get the prince to safety.
0: You created more danger.
1: I fully
2: understand. I was scared as well. I can hold my hands up. But your best bet of keeping that boy alive is with us
7: as this is happening I would turn to Anwar
5: I'll walk forward and I will gently put a hand on the hilt of Manto's sword and very very gently lower it if I can if he'll allow me to and I will look at Tulian and say Feren is right the prince's strongest chance is if we stick together you may not agree but we should always do what the group decides
1: so we can get him out safely. You see a brief look of shame pass over to Lien's face with your high perception, An'Wyr. Then it's gone, and he doesn't say anything, but you believe your words have touched him.
5: Now, a way out of this. I will start to look to see if there are any other exits or if there is something
1: that we missed as we were cascading down so you're standing in a hallway this is another part of the conservatory one of the buildings that you saw the entrances of from the large cavern it's impossible to tell which one it is at this point you're a bit turned around from where you were earlier but you could see that there is a way to go to your south and a way to go to your north I'll look at Tulian and I'll say,
5: which way have you explored?
1: We went to the south. There was a room. It was full of benches and um, long platforms, some sort of stage. And um, it was a dead end. There was nothing there. Frescoes on the wall.
5: North, then. I will look at the group and I will turn around and I will start walking North.
2: I follow Anweir, knowing that my eyes in the dark are better than his.
1: Alright. Anweir. as you travel to the north, there is a passage to your left that has a arch hallway leading away from the passage that you're currently on. You can see a set of pedestals along either side of the corridor going down towards your left, but the path that you are continuing on continues to go to the north.
5: Do I see everyone following me?
1: Yeah, everyone's following as the light comes from the various torches that are lit and shines down that passageway. You can see that there is debris, again, much like the debris that you saw in the room with the lard painting on the floor, various states of destruction and or decay. You can see a glint of something. Your passive perception is so damn high. You could see a little glint of something on the pedestal nearest towards you, as if there is some sort of label or placard there with something written on it, but it's heavily obscured with dust.
5: I will go over to it and try to gently brush the dust
1: off. You all see An'Wyr move from the passage going north, going down a side passage that has a arch. An'Wyr, as you step into there, does anybody else follow An'Wyr?
2: Yeah, naturally I do as I was walking alongside him.
6: I will as well. Same here. Yeah, I'll be right behind Manto with uh, dinner.
1: So everybody follows Anwir to this other passageway. Anwir, you look down at it, you move the dust aside upon a small metal placard. It says, Pipes of Soth. Does it look like a different language? It is common, although it is written with a very elegant script. And it is on a short column of stone, and you can see on top of it just ruined bits and pieces of very rotted and nearly unrecognizable wood, as if something was smashed long ago here.
5: teely come take a look at this. Is this an instrument you're familiar with?
3: I look it over.
1: Hmm, make a perception check.
3: I don't know if I can see because there's torch, mm-hmm. yeah?
1: Yeah, there is there is light. There's a torch being held by Tulian and, and Lhasa. Although I'm sure it went out when he fell, he probably would have relit it.
3: That's an eight for perception.
1: It doesn't look like anything that you would see. Pipes, does that refer to an instrument? Judging by the detritus you see here, it certainly wouldn't seem to be an instrument. But whatever it is, it's broken.
4: I, um. I don't really know, but, um. It could be a fixer upper. I'll. I'll keep a hold of it, for sure. Um, thanks, Anweir.
1: It's called the pipes of what now? Equivalent Soth. Equivalent Soth. Who is trained in history? And I'll give you a uh, intelligence check as well, Teely. Uh,
3: that would be a 17.
1: A uh, 21. Teely, that name sounds familiar to you. Lhasa, you're fairly certain that Quivlin Soth is referring to one of the greatest elven musicians that ever lived supposedly wrote one of the most well-known epic
7: ballads the song of humor uh, huh. uh, truly Teeley, you, you don't know who this is truly you, you're're you're, you're playing another one of your jokes aren't you uh,
4: n- n- no I I mean it sounds familiar I, I I don't know what it is though
7: the song of humor y- surely surely must have heard it.
4: Of course. It's well known. It, you think this is to do with that?
7: <laughs> to do with it. Everything to do with it. Oh, wow. These, these if, if I'm understanding, these would be pipes that, that. well, that equivalent Soth would have played himself, <laughs> I, I believe. Isn't it amazing? Uh, truly a piece of uh, cultural wonder. I, I mean... This is...
5: There is indeed much history here, Lhasa But I allowed myself to get distracted We should continue to find a way out And I don't believe this shiny piece of metal
7: Is going to get us there Well, yes, uh, of course It might not have anything to do with it But then again, we did have to finish a painting to And who's to say it wouldn't be on the path on, on the way out
4: i mean this thing looks like it might be broken i can
3: try and see if i can fix it or maybe this is how it's meant to be and i examine it closer and further and i i look at potentially where i would assume there'd be a, a place to maybe uh like blow into it as if like a some kind of woodwind instrument almost you know
1: you reach out and touch it, and as you do, it crumbles to dust.
7: Ha, I, did you?
1: It's
5: okay, Tilly. It was beyond repair from the beginning.
2: <laughs> it was old.
1: Onwe're this talk of the song of humor. Lhasa Knows of this history through the tales of the elven bard. Teely knows of it because of her...
3: Well-cultured.
1: <laughs> yes, her love of music. You, of course, know the details of the Song of Huma fairly well, having been exposed to a great deal of the history of Huma Dragon's Bane in your past. Yes. I feel like that's a
5: leading statement, but I don't think that I would...
1: I would be happy to explain it for your behalf, but I think I'm going to remain silent at this point. Perhaps it will come up
7: at a later point. Mm. Uh, Thiele, um, you you said you were familiar with the Song of Huma, yes? Call me a fan of the arts and uh, a fan of your performance as well, perhaps, but maybe you do us a favor and... Uh, Recite some of it. The Song of Huma. I. I would even be inclined to join you. I know a few of the verses.
4: I. I, I mean, I, I'm flattered, for one. Uh, clutching my hand against my chest. But I, uh. I have to say, I. I, I don't. I've heard of it. I don't know it. Um, but it, it, you said you'd happily sing along. Let's, um. Let's hear your performance. I'm sure you have a beautiful voice.
7: Oh, that's more of a... Um... <clears throat> anyway, I... I... Uh, out of the village, out of thatched and clutching shires. Uh... No, I... Uh... <laughs> no, no, it's...
4: Oh, go on, Lassa, that was... You've got this, okay? No. Just feel the rhythm, feel the beat, feel the music, and I cast Body Inspiration. You can do this. I believe in you. Come on.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna make this a history check, Lasa, to see how how well you are able to remember the scorecard.
7: As I uh, sit there, arms clutched in tight and knees clutched together, I, oh, I straighten up and.
4: Come on, just stand.
7: Fine. Fine.
4: Expand your diaphragm.
7: (laughs) Well, I I may have a plus five in history, but I've rolled (laughs) mate. Okay, but you also have...
3: Uh, You have a bodic inspiration? Uh, I guess the inspiration.
7: (laughs) It's a D6. D6. Oh, another five. Okay. So that will give us a nice hearty 13. (laughs) (laughs) You could definitely remember some of part... Of the first three lines, I know the words. I don't know melody, but the the, the words were uh-huh. uh, something like this: uh, uh, out of the out of the grave and and furrow, furrow and grave, uh, where his first grave. no, where his sword first tried. Uh, that's I think. Where
4: his sword first um, tried. Come on, you. something
7: this. about childhood and and, and dancing and. Uh, Shire's uh, Awakening dancing. and.
4: Uh, Shire's I, awaken.
7: I can't I, I can't think of it
4: I can't, I can't It's okay, Lassa, it's okay Please just... forgive me <laughs> Oh, it's alright, so just breathe
1: Anweir, <laughs> as this is happening, you look down You see that there are several more pedestals Leading down this hallway Upon each of them appear to be Ruined and nearly Disintegrated remnants of Instruments, perhaps? Very difficult to tell. Each one of them has a little placard next to it. You see one that looks like it was meant to be some sort of system of bells, but the placard itself has been defaced. It's been scratched through so many times, it cannot be read. You find one that says the sham of the Utkiri. But again, whatever instrument was there is broken beyond recognition. You also find one pedestal that has nothing atop of it. No debris, no broken instrument. And the placard in front of it says, The Inveterate Liar. And the liar is spelled L-Y-R-E.
5: Tili, I believe I need your skills once more.
3: As I uh, help Lassa calm down with his breathing, I turn to Arnweer. Um Yes, of course. Oh, jeez,
4: that was bad, wasn't it? Oh, boy.
5: We all have different gifts, Teeley. I don't believe you would be able to light a man on fire from across the room.
3: Try me. And I narrow my eyes. (laughs)
5: Like the painting was unfinished. I believe there's something that has to be created here. And I will show her the plaque and the empty pedestal.
4: Oh, wow. I, I love lyres. They're my favorite instrument, actually. Jarvin Jarvin Took mine.
5: What music can you make?
4: I have my mouth. My feet tapping. I have... You know when you blow on the top of a bottle? When I spin my hoop pack really fast?
5: All valid. All music.
4: Uh-huh. Do you think that just a song needs to be played here?
1: What is the plaque say again, DM? It says the inveterate liar, but the liar is not spelled L-I-A-R. It is spelled L-Y-R-E.
3: May I just ask, mm-hmm. what does inveterate mean?
1: Chronic. Something that is done in spite of oneself or repeatedly. So an inveterate liar would be one who just lies all the time. An inveterate liar? Probably something different.
5: One who plays
1: all the time. <whistles> Farran, you can't help but notice Jarvan looking at the pedestal that has the drum placard on it, looking very thoughtfully at it.
2: What's going for your mind, boy? Uh,
1: oh it's nothing I just the, one of the one of the frescoes in the room that uh, Tulian and I saw to the south uh, it had uh, one of the walls had all of these instruments uh, painted upon it
2: oh
1: I, there was a, a sham, and uh, there was uh, some bells and a drum and and a lyre but they uh, they obviously were not broken in the painting just the uh, I was just thinking about that, that is all. Hmm.
2: Maybe we should go back and have another look.
5: Well, let's think about this, Farron. The painting. We had to create paint with colors of things that we had on or, and on Hanks's head a little bit, in our person. <laughs> Perhaps we need to create music with things that may not be the original instrument but resemble it, pipes, wind instrument, maybe a whistle, a lyre. Tilly, you have a string. I'm sure you could improvise something. Drums are very simple. And I'm gonna start making an inventory of all of the pedestals that have instruments. What is a sham?
1: Aha, it is a medieval version of an oboe with that double reed sort of nasally sound. I'm going to do an impression for you, and then I'm sure everyone will understand exactly what it is that a shawm is. That would be a shawm. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought of that. (laughs) (laughs)
3: if i'm able to potentially you know pull out something like sticks to hand them to someone to mimic as the drums potentially if i have anything together in my pouches that if you you know click them together they make that kind of like clacking noise anything that i can think of that i have on my person that potentially could become an instrument of some kind i will try and provide
1: very well I would say that between the group, between the things that you found when you collapsed at first in the chasm, Teeley's pouches, you would probably be able to find something that you could stretch a string and find a a sounding board of some sort to create a a thrumming sound. And of course, anything can be a drum. But as far as something that you could use as a shawm or a flute, which appears to be another one of the instruments, or bells, these are things that you don't seem to have on your person. Finding a number of instruments that could recreate this ensemble, very difficult for you with what you have. So you're able to, I would say, create about half of it. And it, it's uh, it's a jug band sort of recreation of professional instruments.
3: We're all just having a little jam sesh.
5: Yes, totally. <laughs> Does anything happen as we play?
1: You see Tulian hold his arms and lean against the wall with his head down, not saying anything, not preventing this from happening, but clearly grumpy with the time being spent on this particular endeavor.
5: I imagine we gave Jarvan the sticks to drum, who I think is probably having a blast on the-
6: No, that's Blip's job. Blip drum.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you, you can drum together.
6: Ew.
1: Jarvin holds up his hands. I I don't I I do a little singing, but that's that is all.
0: I've been honestly wondering if I can use my shield to make any different musical notes.
1: <laughs> it's a very well-constructed shield.
0: He's been over in the corner just going ding, ding ding ding, ding ding ding. ding, ding.
1: Can create a tink. But as soon as you put a little bit of elbow grease into it, it really becomes a good hearty thunk and you're reminded of weapons hitting it. And the more you hold it, the, it just feels right. There's something very empowering about this shield. In particular, when the spirit, the apparition appeared and created the horrible sensation of the tsunami coming down the stairs, which seemed to frighten some of the people you're with, you were resolute, but You couldn't help but feel that some of that came from the shield itself, or the fact that you were holding a shield that reminded you of the Knights of Solemnia gave you some of their strength and their steadfastness. interesting.
5: I'll keep looking around the room to see if there's anything else that
1: gives any hints.
0: I will also assist in the looking.
1: Very well. Thank you, Manto. Please make an investigation check at advantage. Manto's help.
5: If I walk past something, my passive investigation is 18.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't you roll, please?
5: 13?
1: As you step out of the other side, you see that the hallway that you've been following here, this little dogleg that's come off of the main hallway, it appears that the way forward has been crushed by the falling rock and dirt that has buried the rest of the conservatory. However, as you turn back towards the hallway, the light from the torches that are still with the people looking at the pedestals reflects off of Manto's shield. He is holding this shield that he got from the theater, has the symbol of the Knights of Solemnity on it. The Kingfisher bird holding the sword with a crown floating in the air above it. The light reflects off of it, and you can see over the arch of this hallway, very similarly to the way it was when you came back you can see some words It says the concert of origins. Hmm.
5: Does that strike a memory for me?
1: Make a history check a manto. I will allow you to also make a history check.
0: History is not my strong suit. Uh, I got a, I don't think I have a modifier. I have a negative modifier. That's a nine.
1: I
5: got a dirty 20 on my history check.
1: On where you don't know much about Urgoth, but you think that at one point you have heard of the fabulous Bard's College. You're not sure if it was in Tuscanville or another place, or if this is a conservatory that is connected to the Bard's College in some way, but at Concert of Origins, that does ring a bell, a collection that had replicas of supposedly the first versions of different types of instruments to appear on Crin.
5: I will relay this to the group. I'm wondering if that means that this is where those were stored, if this is where those instruments were held.
3: And I'm wondering also if that does that kind of remind me of potentially any kind of tale about the Bard's College or anything anything that might help this situation. I feel like Teely would know.
1: Of. Um, maybe, I would say because she's a kender and because they're kept away from Urgoth, in this sense, especially since it's such a part of pre-cataclysmic history, I would say without any formal training or education, which An'Wyr has been exposed to a bit of, and since you are not from Gwynedd, yeah. I would say that Teeli would not know about the Concert of Origins. But you do find it interesting that there seems to be debris and remnants on all of the pedestals. On the pedestals or around the pedestals, except for one. And there is definitely nothing there.
3: Out of just plain curiosity, Teely is just going to be looking everywhere. Even if something looks blank, she's just touching her hands all over everything, on the dust, just trying to find anything that could potentially...
1: All right, make an investigation check.
3: Oh, that's a net 20.
1: Very nice. All right, yes. What is your bonus on top of the 20, please?
3: Oh, sorry, uh, investigation, that is 21.
1: 21, you don't find anything.
3: Oh no, <laughs> even with a net 20, it's not good enough.
1: <laughs> if there's nothing there to be found, there's nothing there to be found. Clearly you're the first people to have been through this area in centuries, probably.
3: Was there anywhere else we could have gone?
1: Yes, the hallway that you were originally on continues to the north and there is also to the south where there was a room that you have yet to explore, although Tulian and Jarvan said that it was a dead end.
4: I mean, I I don't understand. Do you think we should just look around more? Maybe it's, maybe someone took it somewhere else.
5: Possibly, but Teely humor me and I will go to the pedestal that is empty. I would lift you up, but I'm. Do it. Can you climb up here yourself?
4: Oh, uh, yeah, I, uh. Maybe, uh, maybe if you, uh, could you do like a. If you just outstretch one of your arms and I can try and pull myself up and.
5: Yes, I'm one of them. And I will smile at her and I will, uh, put my one arm as a ledge for her to climb on top.
3: I take my time.
1: The pedestals are not very high. Oh, okay. So she can climb it on her own.
3: I still take the help and I take my time and I okay. feel his arm and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I slowly lift myself up. And I sit myself on the pedestal.
5: Now, Tilly, tell me a falsehood.
4: What, a lie? Yes. Oh, I don't like doing that.
5: Well, do it as a favor for me.
4: Um, oh, I, I hate things.
5: Oh, okay.
4: (laughs) I hate having things, items. There's too much, too many. I hate them. Too many. Uh...
5: Good. Keep keep going, and I will be looking around the room to see if I hear or see anything change as she does this.
1: Please make a deception check daily as you lie. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't like doing it. Oh, that's a a nine plus or minus. Let's see, where are we? Oh, I, apparently I'm good at it though. That's a thirteen.
1: That's a pretty good lie, Anwyr. You almost believe her. But as you look around, there doesn't seem to be any change. This is a hallway that has pedestals with broken instruments on it. One of them is missing. Damn.
4: Jarvis is cool. Uh,
1: Who is Jarvis?
4: Dang it! <laughs> Jarvin is cool. Uh, Blip smells nice. I don't want to eat dinner. Ah, uh, ah. Uh.
5: That's enough, dearie. I think my instinct was incorrect. <laughs> and I will help her down.
3: I take my time.
1: <laughs> that was lovely. I loved it. <laughs> Jarvin comes over to you and says, "I am Jarvin. Make Reddick the Sixth, not Jarvis."
4: You keep saying that, but there's only one of you. I've not seen the other five anywhere. I think you're lying to me.
1: You're so sure that there is something important about these instruments. There is a fresco with all of them painted on it. No room to the south. Perhaps we should take a look.
4: Wait, Jarvis stole my liar. Jarvan. Maybe he stole this one too. <laughs> and I point at him.
0: I mean, her logic is not entirely unfounded, if not quite humorous.
1: I have stolen nothing. Ignorably. Watching you,
4: Jarvis. Put him on a pedestal. He's a liar here. <laughs>
1: right. So you do you head to the south? The south?
0: The sooth? The sooth.
1: <laughs> Sorry, do you head to the south?
0: <laughs> the south? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
5: yes, we will head, we will head sooth.
1: <laughs> All these weird accents going around. <laughs> so.
6: It's south, that's how you say it.
1: Thank you. You head south. Yes, let's go south.
5: Let's look at the fresco TV.
1: After a few minutes, you do enter a room. At first glance, it does appear to be a dead end. In the middle of the room, there is a dais, about 15 feet radius, upon which are broken chairs, other bits of old and desiccated furniture. The most interesting thing about this room are the walls. They are very brightly decorated with frescoes of both paint and small colored bits of glass, creating a combination fresco and mosaic. The room itself is pentagonal in shape. You have entered from what would be the point of the Pentagon. So you have a wall to either side coming to a point where the entrance is, then two flat walls, and then the back wall facing you is also flat. Atop the wall to your left, there is the symbol for the number one. On it is painted and created through all these various means, a group of people who appear to be in the process of singing. Standing on a stage, you see several that could be considered soloists given their prominence on the stage also a small group that appears to be a choir, and then an ensemble of players. The instruments seem to be somewhat indistinct, but this is a group of people clearly in the process of performing some sort of musical work. Underneath the number one, you see written the performer, music's voice. On the opposite wall from that, you see on display, on pedestals, very similar to the ones that you saw going down the hall. The wide variety of different sizes and shapes of every instrument that you can think of or have heard of. You see a sham, you see some bells, you see a set of drums, you see a flute, a recorder. You even see something that looks like some sort of squeeze box, perhaps. I wonder what the Akron equivalent of an accordion is. At any rate, With all of these instruments, you do see a lyre. It is shaped roughly like a long wing, more oblong than round. It is not particularly reminiscent of any lyre that you've ever seen, Telia, certainly not like the one that you own. On the top of this fresco, you see the symbol for the number two and underneath it written the instruments, music's body, continuing around in that fashion. The wall that is next to it has the three symbol above it, and it has a man standing in the center of everyone around him looking down a focus point. He has his hands up, and you could see in the foreground instruments, performers, everyone focusing at a central dais upon which a man stands, his hands raised, holding everyone's attention. And under the three, it says, the conductor, music's heart. On the flat wall, facing where you've just come in, the fresco has been destroyed. It lies in pieces and chunks, scattered at the foot of the wall. You could see a skeletal form crushed by the falling debris. Has a large instrument in his hand, a mattock or a maul or some kind of weapon or tool. Difficult to say. You can see the number four written on top of this fresco. You see one little bit of the fresco remaining. It says, Music Soul. And then the final wall with the number five. It says, the composer, music's mind. And you see the representation of a woman lost in thought, gazing out over the sea as notations, music notes, images flow around, representing what is churning in her mind as she thinks. What do you do?
3: I grabbed the liar that's just laying around unclaimed.
1: Unfortunately, <laughs> it no, is a, a, fresco a fresco of a liar. It's not. <laughs> well, I don't know what a, What's a fresco?
3: What is a fresco? <laughs> <laughs> it's a
1: painting. It's a, it's a huge.
7: <laughs> Scraping it off the wall.
3: I'm just clawing at it. Like, let me at it. Oh, like
1: wily Coyote. Oh, look.
5: <laughs> it's a type of painting during the, I think it's I Renaissance it. popular. It was, yes. uh, it was painting on limestone. I was like. I or like freshly laid. Yeah. I just
3: run into the wall and I like go like face first, clawing at it and then realize it's not real.
1: Jarvan leans towards you last side and says, she really, really
7: wants a liar. Yes, my lord, I, I, I'm I, not sure. I, I've not met many kinders, but perhaps it is uh, something to do with their kind.
1: It didn't steal her liar. She was arrested. If anything, I saved it. It is in my quarters. She can have it whenever we get back. But I, I'm not going to tell her that. <gasps>
7: no, I, I wouldn't. I, I think she would... Uh, get a bit excitable at that, my lord. But uh, we'll make sure that you get to it, of course.
3: Meanwhile, I'm stomping my feet. What of you magic boys, make this
6: real!
7: Uh, uh, that's not quite uh, how uh, how it works, but... Um, do you have any idea what the music's soul is? I... Um, I mean, it would
4: be audience? I mean, what's music if it's not to be heard, right?
7: Oh. That's... That's really quite a clever answer. I... I think that might be right.
4: Just because I'm not book smart doesn't mean that I'm not smart at all.
7: Oh, uh, no, no, I... I uh, as I wave my hands in front of myself and really start to flush a deep head I, I, I didn't mean anything like that. I, I just meant... um. Didn't expect you to come up with it before I did. I
3: I put my hands on my hips and my head tilts to the side and a big grin comes across my face. You're cute, Lassa. <laughs>
4: oh,
7: um. Uh,
4: you get so well like, embarrassed and stuff. Uh, uh, it's okay. One day you'll be as smart as me. It's okay.
7: <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> so then, d- d- do you think Perhaps if we um, were to gather up all these elements of of music, the the heart, the soul, where would we find a conductor? uh, Jarvan, Jarvan, have you ever uh, received any uh, proper training in in the arts?
4: Oh, boy.
1: uh, No, no, I... uh... (laughs) I, I, I have had some informal training. Oh, but, uh. Yes, I, I. I. I do enjoy singing very much, but it's not something that is appropriate for the Crown Prince.
4: That's true. You'd have to have a nice voice, too, to sound good when singing. Teely!
7: Please! The, the... Um, my lord, I am certain that uh, your voice would grace many halls. Uh, But perhaps in 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 settings such as this.
1: Oh no! Well, I I don't know that this is the time,
7: Um, Master Lassa. I uh, I,
1: I've. uh, We are looking for a liar. Is that right? Yes,
7: uh, my lord. Perhaps if I can explain. I believe that there are magics at play here within these ruins. It seems quite clear to me that that is the case. I was thinking if perhaps we could draw out the elements of music as are shown around this hall that this example might open up some way that we have not seen. And so I was hoping perhaps you knew somebody who could serve as a conductor but the opportunity to hear the voice of royalty is one, I must admit, I was eager to take.
1: I appreciate that, but I, I think I will, I'll be happy to sing for you when we are out of this ruin. Um, it is not something I feel comfortable doing at this moment. We should t- try to find a way out of here, right? I was going to look at the skeleton with the mole. All. all right, please, make an investigation check. Oh,
2: dear. Investigation minus one, three.
1: Well, I can tell you a couple of things. This person is very dead, probably crushed by the rocks or the bits of the fresco that have fallen down. It's not a maul. It is not a weapon. It is a mattock. It is, if anything, a gardening tool. The handle is nearly completely rotted away and the head of it is very rusty and pitted. Not useful as a weapon or even as a matic, for that matter, at this point. But looking at it, it would definitely be more something you would expect to see in the hands of a gardener as opposed to a warrior.
2: Looked oh, look down
1: disappointed.
2: Oh, that's a shame. Kick at the bones a little bit and then carry on walking.
1: You kick the bones, and as you do, you see there is a journal. Whereas the one that you found in the room with the painting was like a sketchbook, this one most definitely is a journal. It is covered in very rotten leather.
5: Well found, Farron.
1: Totally, I was
2: meant to look for that.
5: (laughs) What does it say?
2: Oh, you can pick it up if you want.
5: I'm... Not very good at turning pages holding a book at the same time, Farron.
2: Oh yes, my apologies.
1: I will pick it up, blow the dust off it, and open it. Nearly every page has been ripped out. There is just one final page upon which is scribbled in a very aggressive hand. The following note. Who would like to read it? Parents should
2: yeah um, uh, whoever wrote this looks very angry here we go here we go we'll dust off a bit of the leftover dust that's on the text may the gods be damned and brand most of all whoever Brand was may the abyss burn out his eyes shred his hands and rend his throat my god this is graphic Not one finger did he raise to defend his faithful. I struck them as they prayed. Where was his holy power? Why didn't he stop me? I watched as they tried to heal their wounds. But they failed. Now I am alone and I will surely die. But at least I die knowing this truth. If the gods can abandon their creation with such callousness, then they were never truly worthy of worship. My last regret is that I could not force that sickly wretch to reveal where he hid the liar. May it be cursed. It is my most fervent wish that he will never play another note of praise to you. brand the betrayer. I will curse you with my dying breath. (laughs) Oh, well, bitter old man, or woman, or whatever it was. So the liar is hidden. Indeed. I do have a trick for this, but I can't do it today. I must rest. More magics. Holy magics.
5: I'm going to examine the wall behind the broken fresco. All right. Is that an investigation check? It is. Monto, would you help me look, please?
2: Of course. What are you looking for, Anwe?
5: I'm not sure. And I got to double thirteens.
1: The wall seems to be solid. Thirteen doesn't appear to be anything else here to find. Tulian says, I am, I'm sorry. I, I know that I may have to some of you caused more problems than we had, but please believe me, I had my best intentions at heart. But as fascinating as all this is, I would really prefer if we continued to move forward examining every little thing we come across. While fascinating, I have no doubt, but we we must continue.
5: Continue where, Tulian?
1: Exploring.
5: Where do you see an exit?
1: There must be a way out of here.
5: Agreed. Have you found one? Do you see an exit?
1: But there's another another passage that we could go. We have not explored all the way to the north. Oh,
5: I'm sorry, I didn't realize that. In that case, I will look at Tulian and nod. Let's look at everything we have available to us. If it feel, if we discover that there is no other way out, we will come here and continue to search.
1: Agreed. So, you continue on the passageway to the north? Yes. Okay, so you go back towards the north. You pass the area where you first fell down into this hallway. A little further on you come to the dogleg that contained the Concert of Origins. You pass that by on your left, continuing to go north until you come to an area that opens like a receiving area, a small hall. You see a couple of other hallways that extend from it, but it appears that they have been crushed and destroyed by whatever calamity befell this area so many centuries ago. But there is one way open. Following it, you find yourself emerging back into the large cavern, the large bubble that contains the conservatory. In the middle of it, there is the massive rock slide that has bifurcated this area. To the south, the large staircase where you first entered up into this ruin. You realize that you have just exited the Hall of Parchment. Hi, BDM here, Mr. Eager DM. On behalf of the cast and production crew, thank you. Thank you so much for the incredible support you've shown our little podcast. There's plenty more story to come, and we're excited for the opportunity to bring it to you. We hope it's obvious how much fun we're having making this, and your positive feedback is icing on the cake. If you've been enjoying our podcast, and you'd like to buy the cast and crew a cup of coffee to show your appreciation, we'd love to take you up on it. Head on over to coffee.com that's www.ko-fi.com/lawfulstupidrpg to show your support thanks again and until next time as Sularis othbithas farewell
0: this has been a lawful stupid rpg production